Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Saturday, November 14th, 2020, and welcome to episode number 232 of the, <clears throat> of, of the WWS Radio Network's week, week, weekly review show. This is, of course, w, WCWS Power Hour. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. WCWS, Chad Henshaw, back on the line here with you as we, of course, get set, of course, to give you, of course, the weekend review here as to what all took place here during this time here in the radio network this past week, including, of course, our big-time discussions about Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT. Also, of course, uh, last Saturday's AEW uh, Full Gear pay-per-view, and, of course, a whole lot of other big-time stories here. Of course, I was definitely making the rounds here this week. We will also, of course, bring you today's uh, wrestling uh, history and birthdays here. We'll try to get you some pop culture history and birthdays here for you today here as well. And also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have, also have a few wrestling news uh, bites courtesy of our friends at 411mania.com. If you care to chime in this evening and uh, follow us if we go through everything here from this weekend tonight, Facebook free, of course, to give us a call. The phone number, as always, is 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID, 141-364-POUND, and press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to discuss here this evening. We, of course, will start things off here with today's wrestling history and birthdays here. Uh, For November the 14th, let us go ahead. Let's go ahead and bring you, of course, that history here tonight. On this date in 1992, the final episode of WWF's Saturday Night's Main Event aired on Fox, was broadcast, of course, on TV. 
Shawn Michaels defeated the British Bulldog to win his first ever singles title in the company, which was, of course, the Intercontinental title. And also the main event of the night saw Papa Shingo submit the Bret Hart Sharpshooter in a WWF title match. On this date in 1999, the Survivor Series was held at the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan, and saw the pay-per-view debut of Olympic champion Kurt Angle. Elsewhere on the card, the Big Show defeated the team of the Big Boss Man, Prince Albert and Midian, and Viscera in a quick succession in a traditional Survivor Series match. Uh, the Big Show was supposed to have team members with him, but he attacked them all earlier in the night. He would then go on to the main event and win the WWF title in a triple threat match against Triple H and The Rock. As a last-minute replacement for Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Texas Rattlesnake had been written out of the match due to a long-term injury explained by Austin being run over by a car in the arena parking garage. On his date here in 2002, uh, let's see, uh, Kaju Big Battle. Uh, Kaju Rampage New York took place at the Roxy New York in the opening match. Robox defeated the wonderfully named Kung Fu Chicken Noodle. The main event saw Kaju Grand Champion Silver Potato retained the belt against Uchu Chu, the Space Bug, in, the, in a rat trap cage match where the ring was covered by hundreds of rat traps. This was a very, a very unique match there indeed there, folks. On this date in 2004, Survivor Series was in Cleveland, Ohio. In the main event, Team Orton, who was Randy Orton, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, and Maven, defeated Team Triple H, who was Triple H, Edge, Batista, and Snitsky, in a traditional Survivor Series match, with Orton being the lone survivor. As a result of the win, each member of Team Orton was allowed to be the general manager of Raw for one week each, for a week each. On his day in 2005, an emotional Monday Night Raw paid tribute to Eddie Guerrero, who sadly passed away the previous night in a hotel room in Indianapolis. The show opened with a 10-bell salute and would feature Guerrero segments and memories in between matches. Storylines were put on hold for the night and instead featured straight wrestling matches between Raw and SmackDown superstars, including the first ever, ever singles match between John Cena and Randy Orton, as well as the only singles match between Shawn Michaels and Rey Mysterio. <clears throat> SmackDown was also taped that night and was sim similarly presented as an Eddie Guerrero tribute night. The main events of this show saw Chris Benoit face off against Triple H. On his day here in 2011 at an Impact Wrestling taping at the Impact Zone in Orlando, <clears throat> um, Matt Morgan and Crimson defeated Mexican America, who was Hernandez and Anarquia. To win the TNA World Tag Team Titles, and on this day in 2017, in her namesake town in North Carolina, her hometown in North Carolina, Charlotte Flair defeated Natalia to win the SmackDown Women's Title. I do believe that this was the one that uh, Charlotte was surprised by her father, Hall of Famer Ric Flair, as well. Uh, some birthdays to talk about here today. Uh, uh, Big Daddy was born. But it turned uh, 90 years old today. The parka turned, let me see here, uh, 55 years old today. Matt Bloom, who, of course, you might remember as uh, Albert, Prince Albert, Albert, and Tenzai. Also, I think he was known in Japan as Giant Bernard, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, today turns 48 years old. Kalisto on this day was, was uh, Kalisto today turns... Let's see. 
yeah, 34 years old, and Max Stardom today turns 32 years old today. So happy birthday to Big Daddy, Laparka, Matt Bloom, Kalisto, and Max Stardom here today. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, with your wrestling history and birthdays here uh, for today, November the 14th. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's see if we have any um, any interesting uh, pop culture history and birthdays here. Uh, we normally would do present this, of course, on Wednesday nights on Outside the Ropes for whatever whatever that particular day is indeed. But because of a, uh, unfortunately, due to a, of course, uh, due to, of course, a technical glitch, uh, we were unable to bring, bring you uh, it was actually, I think Wednesday was Veterans Day. We were we were unable to bring that to you due to, of course, a uh, technical glitch um, for, on behalf of uh, we don't know what happened with that. So unfortunately, we were not able to. We were we did bring it through a video on uh, Facebook on our on our Entertainment Cavalcade page on Facebook. We weren't able to bring it as far as anything as far as anything on talk show. We hope to have Outside of the Ropes up and running again, of course, this coming Wednesday. On this day in pop culture here, let me see, as we go to, of course, as always, movies, TV, music, and sports is what we always do here. Let's start with movies and TV here, history on this day. 1922 on this day, the BBC begins daily radio broadcast from the 2LO transmitter at Marconi House. On this day, 1953, WCIA-TV Channel 3 in Champaign, Illinois, which is a CBS affiliate, begins broadcasting. On this day, 1957, a wrestling piece of wrestling history here. Dick Hutton defeats Lou Thez in Toronto to become the NWA, I believe this is the NWA World Champion. On this day, 1965, KCST-TV Channel 39 in San Diego, California, an NBC affiliate, begins broadcasting. 1968, the U.S. premiere of film, the film version of Morris L. West bestseller, The Shoes of the Fisherman. On this day, 1976, the movie Network, the, directed by Cindy, Cindy Lummett, starring Faye Dunaway, Peter Finch, and William Holden, premieres in Los Angeles and New York City. Finch won the Academy Award for Best Actor in 1977. I believe he did. He passed away sometime after that. I'm not sure. I believe he did, but I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about that. On this day here in 1980, Kimberly Santos, 19 years old of Guam, was crowned the 30th Miss World. And I'll say 1985, Home Home Fior, Cross Doctor. I'm sorry, I that name of Iceland, who was 22 at the time was crowned the 35th Miss World. Some birthdays here, of course, on this day here in movies and TV. Um, <clears throat> uh, on this day, 1880, Eugene O'Brien, who was an actor, uh, who was in the movie Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm, was born in Boulder, Colorado. He passed away in 1966. On this day, in 1994, Cena Owen was born. She was a silent screen actress who was known for Queen Kelly. She was born in Spokane, Washington. Uh, she uh, passed away in 1966. Uh, on this day in 1895, Louise Huff, who was also an actress from the movie What Women Want, she was born in Columbus, Georgia. She passed away in 1973. 
And and I was saying 1898, Benjamin Fondane was born. He was a he was of Romanian French descent, and he was a writer and a filmmaker. <clears throat> he passed away in 1944. Uh, some passings, of course, here in the world of movies and TV on State 1959. Thomas W. Ross, an actor who was in the movie Movies Without Limit, King's Row, 17, and Mortal Storm, passes away at the age of 84. On his day in 1960, Walter Catlett, who was also an actor who was in the movies Climax, Front Page, and Tale of Two Cities, passes away of a stroke at the age of 71. On his day in 1964, Hendrick Garrett Geter. Who was, a meteorolo- who was a meteorologist and a director at KNMI, sadly passes away at the age of 85. And also in state 1965, Russell Collins, who was an actor who appeared in the movies Niagara, Close Up, and Shockproof, dies at the age of 68. And we have some weddings here, ladies and gentlemen. On the day in 1998, uh, Dennis Rodman, who at the time was playing for the Chicago Bulls, and was 37 years old at the time, weds Baywatch actress Carmen Electra, who was only 26 at the time, at the Little Chapel of the Flowers in Las Vegas. On his day in 1998, Ethan Embry, who was 20 at the time from the movie Can't Hardly Wait, weds Amelinda Smith. And on this date at night in, in, in 2018, Bollywood actors Deep, Deepka Padukone and Ranveer Singh Mary at Lake Como in Italy in first of, of two uh, ceremonies. So, let's see. Now we go to, of course, on this day here in, in, the, in, the, in, in music history. Let's go ahead and bring this, of course, on November 14th. 1908, Oscar Strauss's musical, The Tafir Soldat, premieres in Vienna. On this day, 1952, first regular United Kingdom singles chart published by the New Musical Express. I say 1959, Girls Against the Boys closes at Alvin Theater, New York City, after 16 performances. On this date in 1960, the song uh, Georgia on My Mind by Ray Charles reaches number one. On this day in 1960, three things happened here on this day in 1964. Fade Out, Fade In closes at Mark Hellinger, New York City, after 199 performances. Also in 1964, Follet Bajir. Bergerat, yeah, Berger, we'll say, closes at Broadway Theater in New York City after 191 performances. And Oliver closes at Imperial Theater in New York City after 774 performances. And on this day, 1965, Baker Street closes at Broadway Theater in New York City after 313 uh, performances. Uh, let's see here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today would have been the, let me see here, uh, yes, would have been the 120th uh, birthday of of uh, Aaron Copeland. I believe he might have been a composer, I do believe. Sadly, he, he passed away at the age of 90 years old. Uh, some passings in the world of music here. On his day in 1692, Christophe Bernard, who was a composer from Germany, Dies at the age of 64. On his date in 1831, Ignaz Joseph Pileo, who was a composer of Austrian French descent and a piano builder, passes away at the age of 74. On his date in 1860, Felix Ostrowski, 
a Polish pianist and composer, sadly passed away at the age of 58. And on this day in 1915, Theodor Leczynski, who was a pianist, composer, and teacher from Poland, who, who wrote Contents de Genice, sadly passed away at the age of 85. Some weddings here in the world of music here. On this day in 1951, musician Louis Jordan, who was 43 at the time, weds dancer Vicki Hayes. On this day, 1996, the late King of Pop, Michael Jackson, who was 38 at the time, weds Debbie Rowe, who was also 38 at the time, in Sydney, Australia. On this day in 2009, Kings of Leon drummer Nate Followill, who was 33 at the time, weds the singer Jesse Balin, who was 25 at the time, at the Wolf Den Farm in Brentwood, Tennessee. And also, a divorce took place on this day here. And on, in 1983, on this date, composer Andrew Lloyd Webber, who was 35 at the time, divorces Sarah Hugill after more than 11 years of marriage. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's see what we have going on here in the world of sports on this day. 1888, St. Andrew's Golf Club Yonkers, New York, opens with just six holes. On this day, 1936, Bradman scores 192 for South Australia versus Victoria for an MCG crowd of 21,000. 1943, Chick Chicago Bear Sid Luckman passes for seven touchdowns versus the New York Giants, 50, uh, score 56 to 7. Say 1964, Detroit Red Wings, Wardy Howe, sets an NHL record 627th career goal. On this day, 1966, Muhammad Ali TKOs Cleveland Williams in three for heavyweight title. Today, 1973, two things happened on this day, 1973. First off, Canada begins production of Olympic coins. And also, Jim Palmer is named the American League Cy Young winner. And also, on this day, 1976, the Jerry Shirk of the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns sets club record with four sacks. <clears throat> on this day here in 1833, on this on this day, um, Antonius Vonderlin, who was a librarian and chess player of from the of German descent and um, Netherlands descent, was born. Uh, so 1845, Alan Hill, who was a cricketer, he took the first wicket in Test cricket. On his date in 1877, Norman Brooks, who was a tennis player from Australia, who uh, who <clears throat> won Wimbledon, I believe, in 1907 and also 1914, was born in Melbourne, Victoria. He passes away at the age of nine. He passes away in 1968. I'm sorry. And also on this date in 1892, Ted Meredith, who was an athlete from right here in America, who was an Olympic, who won Olympic gold in the 800 meter and world record 151 nine seconds in 1912, was born in Chester Heights, Pennsylvania. He passes away at the eight. He passes away in 1957. I'm sorry, I didn't just give the year. My apologies. On this date, some some not, some not notable pat, uh, passings here in the world of sports. 1929, Joe McGinty, who was a baseball Hall of Fame pitcher, who in the 1905 World Series, uh, five-time National League wins leader, 
and National League era leader in 1904, who played with both the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Giants. I think before they moved to San Francisco, I think they were in New York. Sadly, dies at the age of 58. Uh, on his date in 1937, Jack O'Connor uh, passes away. He was a baseball player who was born in 1869. On his date in 1965, George Bissett, who was a cricketer from South Africa, who had 25 wickets in four tests for South Africa, passes away at the age of 60. And on his date in 1967, C.K. Nayudu, who was a cricketer from India, who did seven tests for India in the 1930s, sadly passes away at the age of 72. And, of course, we did tell you on this date in 1998, of course, Dennis Rodman weds Carmen Electra in Las Vegas. But another wedding took place on this date in 1964 as Major League Baseball right fielder Roberto Clemente, who was 30 at the time, weds Vera Zabala at St. Fernando Church in Carolina, which I believe that might have been probably, uh, that sounds like possibly down around South America, possibly. Uh, so that's probably, so, so there you have it there, ladies and gentlemen, with your pop culture history and birthdays here for today, of course. <clears throat> and, of course, we will do more, of course, of our pop culture history and birthdays on WWS Outside of the Ropes, of course, this coming Wednesday night uh, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Speaking of which, it is now 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, November 14, 2020, episode 232 of WCWS Power Hour, 1605-562-0444, caller ID 141364-pound. Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw on the line here with you, as, of course, the rest of the panel with you, tough to handle, of course, taking it easy after after what was a very eventful week here, of course, a big-time a big time, uh, of course, wrestling and pop culture discussion. Everything, of course, with the continuation story about the about uh, the election, of course, a week after it was supposedly ended, uh, was was part of our or was part of our big time talking here as well. Uh, <clears throat> of course, also with the with the news that we did lose, sadly, uh, longtime Jeopardy host Alex Trebek was another topic that we also discussed. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, we did we did speak of, of course, uh, especially uh, we did review, of course, full gear from this past Saturday. We did talk about that, of course, on Revolution here this past uh, this past Wednesday night. Uh, we did, of course, have a few highlights about NXT on both Wednesday and Thursday night. Uh, we did get a big some some unique perspectives from, of course. Uh, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, and also the Soul Man, Justin Lewis Fleming, um, did give us some 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 tremendous, of course, thoughts and opinions here about everything that went on here this week. And, of course, a lot, a lot of uh, stories coming in about including, of course, some of the bigger stories like several AEW events that are supposed, was supposedly supposed to take place next month. One has said that they have a will reschedule it at some point, but have not said when. And the other obviously has said that they will, uh, that they have completely canceled the show and folks who bought tickets for it, they can simply get refunds. So um, I think one of them was, I believe, in New Orleans. I think the other was in New Mexico somewhere, I believe. But still, uh, 
very, very, so a lot of disappointed AEW fans there in New Mexico, which you're probably hearing that story. And of course, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, all stemming from the fact that, of course, they have announced that this, that the pandemic is once again surging, is once again rising up a little bit here and there. Uh, so, so, I mean, a lot of things have been altered as a result of all this. Uh, even Ring of Honor announcing that they're doing, going to be doing their popular final battle event coming up here really soon. That's going to be under the auspices of an empty arena, which means they're going to do the same thing like what WWE did in the first few months when this pandemic got started. And that is obviously, of course, hold, hold this in terms of an empty arena, uh, of an empty arena uh, setting. Of course, they're still going to have matches and everything. But of course, uh, it—I mean—the empty arena thing. Of course, obviously, I mean at least one thing WWE has done this year to try to remedy that somewhat is do the Thunderdome uh, setting. Of course, how as as long as they're, they're able to do that. Of course, where they're at now, currently in, in Orlando, it's kind of hard to say. Uh, there has been some talk they may end up moving it somewhere else, but right now it's just up in the air. Uh, of course, obviously the big news that made that broke ground here, of course, yesterday, but pretty much kind of highlighted the whole thing was the situation involving Zelina Vega. Apparently, it, it was thought it was because she had said something on her Twitter account about unionization or something that that they that might have caught the ear of, of course, the WWE Chairman Vince McMahon. But obviously, of course, later on it was. So it was confirmed by a couple, at least two or three news wrestling news sources that it had something to do with the fact that Vega has been very, Zelina Vega has been very, very vocal about, of course, what that Vince McMahon's edict that he set for all his WWE superstars about not being able to use the Twitch or Cameo, some of these other streaming services and all that. That, of course, that, that the thing about it is that whoever still had one, the WWE was going to secure it and take it over. And, and of course, a lot, of, a lot of superstars who have had them in recent memory, including, I think, I think they said Cesaro was one. I think Mia Yim was another. AJ Styles was another. They said there was a lot of them that was going to be shutting it down because they'd rather, they'd rather of course, not have one than WWE kind of managing the one that they've already set up. So, you know, it is, it, it is of course, uh, it is, of course, kind of a shame here that the superstars can have something they can fall back on or anything there like that. And, you know, really, like I said, Vince McMahon, as I was talking about on Revolution last night, you know, Vince McMahon does not own anybody. I mean, he's, he's, he's almost turning like he's a slave owner and the superstars are his slaves. And the thing about it is, is that, is that, you know, sure enough, a lot of people are also thinking that, you know, Vince is still probably kind of sore over the fact that his buddy Trump didn't put ball to win in the presidential election. You know, there's still kind of some people there. There are there are a lot of people who have accepted that. But there are some who refuse to, including Trump himself. And that's why he hasn't. That's why it's still a big deal right now. And that's why he hasn't conceded. And it's also a reason why, of course, that these, these a lot of people in this country have not gotten any more help. Now, because that Trump was pretty much kind of concentrating. On, like I said, making sure he stays in office and all. And even several people, are, of course, still claiming that there is going to be a second Trump administration coming up here in 2021. But of course, like I said, it's already been confirmed, it's already been said, it's already been announced that Joe Biden, like I said, pulled off the wind in this. 
And of course, obviously, you know, they did say Trump did win the day in North Carolina. But I mean, of course, like I said, like I said, I mean, while, you know, that may have added a few more votes to his tally on it, it does not, it does not remedy the situation or remedy the fact that Joe Biden has pretty much kind of, like I said, cornered him in every step of the way. So, but of course, like I said here, getting back to the main subject at hand, of course, obviously, uh, we're hoping, like I said, somewhere down the road here, I mean, she can't compete anywhere right now until at least sometime in February. So um, at some point, we, we don't know if she's going to possibly come go back and, you know, do some, do, do, like I said, some Twitch, uh, do, like I said, her streaming service or not. I mean, I'm sure she'll do something along the way here. Um, uh, but obviously, uh, um, because, I mean, right now she's got under a no-compete clause, and like I said, it says there that once she leaves WWE, she can't compete anywhere else for, like I said, a certain amount of time. And, of course, afterwards, I mean, who would go after her next? Would Impact take her back? Would she go to Ring of Honor? Would she go to AEW? Would she go to, you know, would Japan maybe help, maybe welcome her in? Would the NWA bring her in? I mean, I mean, like I said, you have a lot of, uh, you have a lot, of course, of, um, you have a lot of, of course, of, um, you know, different scenarios where that could happen. I mean, right now she can't do anything. They say until at least sometime in February. But still, that does not mean, like I said, that she, I'm sure she's still trying to do something. Or unless, like I said, Vince McMahon possibly changes his mind, which obviously probably me may not do. Because I think, I think Vince McMahon is pretty much a blockhead. He's just hard-headed. He's just not, won't listen to anybody else because he thinks everybody else in the world's wrong and he's the only one that's right, so. But like I said, I mean, I think I think it's the old age where they're kind kind of selling it over his mind, and it's just nothing more than spider webs covering his brain. So, but anyway, but enough enough said about that. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we did also announce we did also announce here. Of course, here uh, we did keep updates to, throughout the week here about the NXT US Halloween Havoc Championship Tournament. They were started in late in late October, I think, right before Halloween. And of course, obviously, as uh, um, we do, this is going to go on, go on into, like I said, the middle of this month. Uh, of course, of some great competition that's been held each and every week. Of course, in the semifinal match, of course, we noticed that George Stokeless and the Human Suplex Machine John Gross were the highest two votes in the semifinals, uh, beating out Antonio Gutierrez, who had one vote, and also, of course, um, Eddie Garza and Mitt Patel, who did not receive any votes at all. So now Jordan will face off against John for an opportunity to become the new NXT US Halloween Havoc champion. We also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, currently have, we of course currently also have the number one contenders tournament um, concerning, uh, con concerning, of course, the, Concerning who is going to face the new NXT US Halloween Havoc champion. Uh, but, uh, uh, and as of right now, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's steaming up, steaming up, steaming up, of course, to be, of course, just like this. And these are, these, this stem from all those who competed at the, uh, AEW Full Gear Prediction Title Challenge. Um, <clears throat> as currently, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, John, Layla Peters, and Kevin O'Sullivan 
are tied with one vote each. Big Diesel Gregory Kramer currently has two votes to his credit, and Jordan Stoklis once again has four votes to his credit. So, like I said, Jordan Stoklis, you know, is trying to, of course, win in either way, shape, or form he possibly can. Uh, but like I said here, obviously he has to be one or the other. He either can be the champion or he can be the number one contender. I mean, like I said, I will possibly make more of an announcement on that, of course, if it does stem the stem. If it does, of course, if both ended up ends up, of course, being the direct result. Uh, if it ends up, of course, being a direct result, of course, of this. Uh, <clears throat> Um, that is what the end result is of both of these poll tournaments. But of course, we'll continue, of course, to let you know here. As of course, we have posted the, we have made the post here about who is going for the title. So far, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Stoklis is leading the human suplex machine, John Gross, by, uh, by four to th four to three, four to three vote currently here right now. Of course, like I said, we still have plenty of time here. Of course, we got until next Friday. Obviously, uh, uh, this coming Friday, November the 20th, of course, on, on our Friday edition of WCWS Revolution. So, <clears throat> so, 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 like I said here, you know, obviously, this is going to be a, this is going to be a very unique, uh, this is going to be a very, very unique contest to see. Uh, let's see who, of course, will, will pull off, of course, the big time. Uh, who will pull off the win here in this. But the thing is, um, yes, and some people are going to be saying, well, look here, we have one person that's, you know, received, receiving a lot of votes for the title itself. And you also, going, you also have the same person, of course, vying for the... Um, vying for the uh, number one contender status. I mean, what if the same person ends up getting both of them? Well, like we said, ladies and gentlemen, regardless of whoever pulls off, pulls it, pulls off the, uh, <clears throat> pulls off the win here, of course, uh, whoever, like I said, win, whoever, of course, wins the title, like I said, the person that the, 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 of course, the next, next highest, of course, in the, uh, uh, number one contenders tournament will receive the first shot at it. I will go ahead and make that point very, very clear. So, for example, just to reiterate here, just in case, for example, of course, say Jordan Stuffless pulls off the win here by next, by this coming Friday and he becomes the new Halloween Havoc champion. And then as far as the number one contenders tournament is concerned, if he pulls off the win in it, then the next highest one will receive the shot at the at the title first. I mean, right now as it stands, it possibly could be Big Diesel Gregory Kramer. So, like I said here at this juncture, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, of course, what all happens, but of course, who knows? We might end up altering it a little bit here and there. So, we'll definitely keep you informed about when all that, of course, does 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 happen here indeed. But it is getting very very exciting in this quest to, of course, make up make the next to make the very first match. For the new NXT US Halloween Havoc Championship, the question is who's going to be the champion, and number two, who's going to be the first number one contender. We will definitely keep you informed about all that. One six zero five five six two zero four four four. Caller ID 
141364 pound. This is episode 232 of WCWS Power Hour. Like we said, Saturday, November 14, 2020. Mr. WCWS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you. Of course, as we said, the rest of the panel, way too tough to handle. Of course, still taking it easy here after a big time week. And of course, getting rested up here, what what should be a big time week coming up here, of course, here in the radio network. We also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, hope that we try to get through all the flaws, all the and 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 everything of that nature, because uh, we did have several shows, unfortunately, that we did experience some difficulties here. We were able to get by without any problems at all. Some, you know, even starting a little bit late, but still we were able to get by all of it without any problems whatsoever. So now, ladies and gentlemen, let's see what we have here currently. Let's see what we have here currently, of course, and our some wrestling news tidbits here, of course, here coming up. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, let's see here if we have any, we do have, of course, a few stories. Um, um, we do have a few stories I'd like to, I'd like to bring out here that I'm sure have been, that has been brought up here between, of course, last night and today. Uh, but, of course, once again, I will say we do thank our friends at 411 Mania for allowing us here in the WWS Radio Network for reading our stories on all of our shows. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget uh, Revolution, Wolfpack, Raw Radio, <clears throat> Outside the Ropes, of course, right here on Power Hour, as well as, of course, uh, WWS This Morning. Our first story here comes to us from Joseph Lee here tonight. As ICW, we have the results of the ICW uh, No Holds Barred Pit Fighter uh, um, X4 results. ICW No Holds Barred held their Pit Fighter X4 event last night at the 81 Bay Brewing Company in Tampa, Florida. Here are the results via PW Ponderings. Eric Ryan defeated Jimmy Lloyd. Dominic Garini defeated Eddie Only. Justin Kyle defeated Bruce Santee. Akira defeated Nolan Edward. Reed Bentley defeated Atticus uh, Koger. John Wayne Murdoch defeated Alex Ocean. And Shelock Sh- defeated Neil Diamond Cutter. And, of course, there were several, of course, uh, tweets made about, the, about that show. But I'm sure those were made by, I believe, by, probably by wrestling fans. Or... But speaking of Twitter shots, right here, some WWE news here currently from Joseph Lee. Um, as we have, of course, Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley trade, trade shots on Twitter. Also, some top, the top 10 moments from last night's SmackDown. Also, of course, uh, uh, Leon Ruff's dad actually enjoys his title win. Ahead of their match at Survivor Series, Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn and, and, of course, Bobby Lashley, I believe he was the current U.S. champion, traded backhanded compliments on Twitter. Lashley said the following, look at this guy, everyone. He speaks four languages, one language for every member of hashtag the herd business that you're going to have to deal with at hashtag survivor series, but you're a genius, right? I'm sure you'll figure your, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll figure your way out of that one. Zane wrote, Bobby, long time, man. Look, we can do this all again where I insult you, disparage your military service, invite your family to the Thunderdome, etc." Or this time we try something different and just compliment each other instead. I'll even start. 
You're very jacked, sir. Lashley replied, well, thanks, man. I'll go now. You're very light on your feet, which makes it easier to throw you around like a rag doll. This is fun. Why didn't we do this before? And, of course, I said they'll be facing each other, of course, uh, at, at Survivor Series on November the 22nd. In a post on Twitter, Leon Ruff noted that that enjoyed his NXT North American title win a little too much. Uh, Leon, Le, Leon Ruff posted on Twitter, he says, My dad hasn't put my title down since I showed him. And also, of course, a, and also, of course, a video here, um, as WWE has posted a video, of course, it's right here on this page, looking at the top 10 moments from last night's episode of SmackDown. So definitely, of course, check that out there, folks, if you want to, uh, uh, if you want to, of course, look at that. Next story here comes to us from Joseph Lee, came out today, as Killer Kelly talks about keeping her WWE exit a secret. Fightful Select recently spoke with Killer Kelly, who revealed that she made an effort in order to keep the news that she left NXT UK from going public. She said that she wanted to build intrigue and confusion about what she was doing and how she was able to work when no one knew she had left WWE. She noted that that, that believes WWE forgot about her killer name, which is why she was able to keep it while, while she worked there. She was worried that she would have to change it, change it, and the name meant a lot, means a lot to her. She said she was relieved when her contract had the name included. Of course, we talked about the uh, results of talk. We talked about, of course, the thing about Gallows and Anderson talking shop mania too, and Joseph Lee has the results from that. Also, of course, the Evolution parody and also Chris Jericho cameos. The Good Brothers presented Talking Shop and Mania 2 Rise of the Torture last night on Fight TV, which had a cameo from Chris Jericho and more. Here are some results via Fight. Chris Jericho reprises his role as Clint Bobsky to introduce the show. CGI Gallows is on commentary with Anderson and Romero. Brian Myers and Swaggle defeat Roy Fox and Rimjob. Fox makes Rimjob his dog after the match. Detective Gregory Helms investigates a murder. Ball Lamberman introduces his client Freight Train. Freight Train defeats Frankie Coverdale. Helms investigates Sammy Callahan and Madman Fulton. Teddy Long introduces Roll under SHIT. Also Rhino, Just Incredible, Tommy Dreamer, Just Incredible make appearances, and also Tommy Dreamer wins. Paul Lee, who was playing, who was portraying Ric Flair, makes his entrance along Mike Knox, who was playing Batista, Nathan Orton, who was playing Randy Orton, and Mark Jindrak, who was playing Triple H. Uh, also, George North defeats Paul Lee. Batista and Orton turn on Flair. Lucha Deathmatch Team Chico El Luchador defeats Team Chavo Guerrero when Chavo, when Chavo dies. Taya Valkyrie, JTG, The Zombie, Kozlov, and more make appearances and contribute to murder. Air Paris goes through the barbershop window. And a ball for a ball, Sex Ferguson versus Chad Too Bad ends in a no contest when the Cock Torturer World Order interferes. The CWO consists of the Cock Torturer, Karate Man, who is Ethan Page, also the Powers of Pain, Virgil, Stang, Scott Steiner, and more. And, of course, there's a lot of tweets talking about it, of course, here as well. This is something that the Good Brothers actually put together. 
So very unique there indeed there, folks. Um, of course, this was this was talked about a while back as well. Joseph Lee posted this as Andrew Yang, who was running for president for this year, who has been talking been talking about this whole thing with the election here this recently, warns that he, he that he hasn't forgotten about WWE. Andrew Yang previously got himself involved with WWE when WWE began to ban talent from third-party platforms like Twitch and Cameo. He floated the possibility that if he were to get a position in government to do so, that he would look into the status of WWE's wrestlers as independent contractors. It seems he's back in the fight after news that Zelina Vega was released from WWE and then tweeted that she supports unionization. A fan on Twitter asked Yang about it who replied, I haven't forgotten about Vince McMahon. So apparently Andrew Yang seems like I say he, he's going to probably get in McMahon's face at some point. When that happens, we all definitely will want to see that. Um, Joseph Lee posted this story here as Major League Wrestling pushes back December event to April of next year. Major League Wrestling has announced that the December 5th event at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia has been pushed back to April 10th, 2021. As, of course, you might expect that this, this was due to, of course, the, the, the ongoing pandemic. The announcement reads as follows. December 5th event rescheduled for April the 10th. Major League Wrestling today announced that December 5th event in Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena has been postponed and rescheduled due to the ongoing pandemic. All tickets purchased for the originally scheduled date will be honored for April 10th with all ticket holders guaranteed the same seats and location. The new date is Saturday, April 10th at the 2300 Arena. The health and welfare of all MLW fans, athletes, crew, and staff are our highest priority. MLW has been closely monitoring the pandemic situation with medical expert, experts and city and state officials. With virus cases hitting an all-time high numbers coupled with the potential for tightening of public gathering restrictions, Major League Wrestling has been advised to postpone this event. Wish y'all continued health during these trying times. I look forward to seeing you back at the matches soon. In the meantime, we invite you to join us this Wednesday as Major League Wrestling returns with all new episodes of MLW Fusion at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So, another wrestling event, of course, rescheduled because of the pandemic. I said, I think a lot of people are just pretty much getting sick and tired of hearing about this whole thing. So, and of course, I'm, you're talking to one person that is. Uh, a backstage update, ladies and gentlemen, according to Jeffrey Harris, posted today on the status of Mance Warner in Major League Wrestling. According to a report by Fightful, Mance Warner was not in attendance at the MLW Restart TV tapings that were held last month. As previously reported, Warner has been in the midst of a contract dispute with Major League Wrestling as he was denied a, report, denied a request for his release from his MLW contract. The FIFA report noted that there is interest in Matt Warner from multiple companies at the moment. Major League Wrestling released a statement saying that Warner is still currently under a contract. Additionally, David Boy Smith Jr. and Brian Pillman Jr. also had recent contract disputes with MLW. Did end up working the TV tapings last month. MLW will begin broadcasting its new content on November 18th after the promotion was on hiatus due to, of course, once again, the pandemic. We're all getting, we're all getting sick and tired of hearing about it. One story just now coming in here, folks, uh, Joseph Lee, as this week's episode of MLW at Major League Wrestling Underground is online. This week's episode of MLW Underground is now online. 
featuring CM Punk and Michael Shane versus Raven and Norman Smiley, as well as Sabu and Mikey Whipwreck. Here's a hypnosis and extreme rematch headlines in the ground this week as Sabu with Bill Alfonso, as always in his corner, looks for revenge against Mikey Whipwreck and his manager, the sinister minister, James Mitchell. Sabu looks to finally make the devil pay his due after weeks of being targeted by the sinister minister and his evil entourage. CM Punk and Raven take their feud to the next level in a tag team fight. Punk has enlisted the services of his recent, recent accomplice, Michael Shane, while Raven looks to an unlikely ally in black magic, Norman Smiley. Can Punk continue his momentum with another big win, or will playing mind games with a master manipulator finally backfire? The Hit Squad sent, sent a clear message to EK, the ECMO, and the Samoan Island Tribe. Plus, updates on MLW World Heavyweight Champion Steve Carino, the Extreme Horseman, Dr. Destiny Williams, Sandman, and more, and Joey Styles calls the action. So definitely check that out if you want. If you if you're a big fan of that, be sure to definitely check out some 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 pat some uh, some big time MLW even MLW fun. Jeffrey Harris posts this story as Court Bauer was, was asked about the upcoming MLW restart and also dealing with operational rust with the TV return. DAZN recently spoke to MLW CEO Court Bauer, who spoke on the promotion's upcoming return to action this month with new TV programming. Here are some highlights. Uh, Major League Wrestling will return to action with new episodes of Future Start Wednesday, November 18th on BN Sports and streaming on DAZN. Court Bauer on MLW Restart, he says, It's good to be back. Seven months felt like forever. The energy and the excitement has been great. The fan support has exceeded my expectations. We're returning with our biggest and best roster to date. The, there are going to be almost 40 athletes on the active roster. Guys like Leo Rush, who is a stud, instantly gives me several big matches I can do. We also see New Japan and AAA have a presence as, as a part of the restart. There's a new breed of fighting athletes in MLW. There's ring rust and there's operational rust. When we revved up the machine, we initially felt that, felt that rust, but quickly removing it at 100 miles per hour. We have a daggone good crew, and so it was a relatively quick process. However, we never really were inactive. My goal was to take this downtime and shift my bandwidth to ensuring MLW came out of this came out of this roaring. And then ensuring our core guys remained our core guys. We did new deals for Fatu, Hammerstone, Selena, Holiday, and a few others that haven't been yet announced. It was a win-win. As this moment of uncertainty, we were unable, we were able to offer significant raises to these guys. We didn't close licensing deals like Nerds Clothing, expanded our international footprint with new rights and deals, and of course partnered with DAZN, which is a game changer for us. Court Bauer on the plans for the restart, he says, the restart is 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 we're bringing wrestling back to that smoke-filled arena vibe. There's a raw primal feeling when you have that hazy look and two guys are going to war in the ring. It's cinematic. It draws you into the action more <clears throat> visually as a layer of authenticity that a sterile, overproduced, overlit, overlit arena that looks like a times looks like a Times Square can't touch. For the, as for the remainder of 2020, it's all about the Offer Cup. This will be a big tentpole annual event for us. The privilege to be entrusted with hosting and promoting the Grand Tournament, which dates back over 100 years. There's a lot of history in that cup. Literally, it was made in 1915. We had it restored last year by the same folks that handled the Stanley Cup. It's a true piece of history in making every 
make it every year when we roll it out for the tournament. Court Bauer on Davey Boy Smith Jr. versus Jacob Batu for the MLW heavyweight title. This title fight was set to headline our July pay-per-view this past summer, which would have been in Philly. But when the pandemic hit, all of our matchmaking went out the window for what stayed was the appetite for this big fight. The fans wanted it. Batu and DBS wanted it. Wanted to go big and the conception deliver a premium level event for free for the restart. This isn't a match that has ever been done before. So a bigger main event can you kick things off with than this? I could not say better myself. That I'll be really good if we're going to get that finally up and going. <clears throat> One up, another story here, ladies and gentlemen. Jeffrey Harris posted this as Chris Jericho shares a photo of of, of the inner circle hanging out in Vegas. It looks like the inner circle went up, went, went to head up Las Vegas following last Wednesday's edition of AEW Dynamite, which saw MJF buy tickets for everyone. Chris Jericho shared a photo of the whole crew hanging out together at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas uh, yesterday on Instagram, which you can see, of course, below. Wardlow and Sammy Guevara were also there. However, Jake Hager, Guevara, Wardlow, and Ortiz don't seem quite as enthused and happy to be there as Jericho, MJF, and, and Santana. Jericho noted in the caption, Vegas, baby, Vegas. <clears throat> so, so it's kind of looking like a newer version of evolution, right there, if you really think about it. Joseph Lee posted this story here last night. As Vince McMahon missed last night's SmackDown. I believe that's what this was. Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Vince McMahon Missed last week, well, actually last week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown, although he had been attending every show as of late. This was itself a change from a few months ago when he had been missing shows. The reasons believed to be related to the presidential election results, but that has not been confirmed. Of course, he probably was in his office whining over the fact that Trump didn't win, but that's just, that's just me. Joseph Lee, of course, posted this story as we have a note, of course, on Don Callis uh, appearing at AEW's Gear. As previously noted, Impact Wrestling's Don Callis made an appearance at AEW Full Gear to help call the match between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. As Callis explained on the broadcast, he was there because he's known Omega since he was a kid and was invited. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that AEW President was also fine with the idea, as were Impact Executives Ed Norholm and Scott D'Amore. Khan also reportedly told Kyle said that if it wasn't for the match between Omega and Chris Jericho in New Japan Pro Wrestling, they're like it wouldn't, wouldn't be in AEW. Kyle was the one who convinced Jericho to take the match. And one more quick story before we end things here for the night. Uh, <clears throat> Joseph Lee report, reported this yesterday as Alex Zane reportedly does sign with the WWE. The rest of the newsletter reports that Alex Zane is believed to have signed with WWE. This is why he recently wrapped up his days on the independent scene. According to the report, he will be in a performance center class that also includes Ben Carter and also the Rascals, Desmond Xavier, Zachary Wentz, and Trey Miguel. It was also noted that while Miguel has been discussed for NXT, AEW could still be a possibility. Ladies and gentlemen, that's that's the stories that we have, of course, for you here for tonight. Between last night, late last night, and tonight there as well. But on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for listening in. 
to, of course, episode 232 of WCWS Power Hour for the night. Uh, like we said, uh, to, don't forget to join us tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for our next edition of WCWS uh, this morning, as we, of course, will bring you tomorrow's wrestling history and birthdays, plus also, ladies and gentlemen, <coughs> some wrestling, more wrestling news tidbits from 411 Mania, plus also, ladies and gentlemen, a rundown of what will take place in the WCWS radio network, of course, here uh, this week. Plus, also, we'll start giving you updates starting tomorrow on, uh, on of course, here uh, on the match here for the NXT US Halloween Havoc Championship. One quick update about that match. I will go ahead. I will go ahead and bring to everyone's attention here. Of course, like I said, now we do know that Jordan Stelfless and John Gross are now going to are facing each other, of course, in, in and, of course, the pole match here, in our pole match here for this title. So far, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Stoufflis is leading the human suplex machine, John Gross, with six, by score, by, by, by six to three votes. Ladies and gentlemen, we still have plenty of time here, of course, before everybody, of course, is before, of course, this match ends. And like we said, currently Jordan Stoufflis even, uh, even leads the number one contenders tournament, of course. But we will, of course, keep you informed. Of course, like I said, if anything, if anything does, uh, if, if anything, of course, here does, does, does change here. But uh, we will, we will keep you informed, of course, about that. Also, ladies and gentlemen, the rematch here will be for the WWS Money Inc. Championship. Of course, we'll also end. We'll give you the results of that on Friday. Um, as currently right now, Shaq is defending the belt against Mitt, the former champion. Mitt is is back in the lead in that from a score for a score of five to four. But of course, anything could anything could still happen here. Of course, in this match, of course here. So, um, by next Friday as well, but we'll give you the results of that there as well if we do have any other changes. Be sure, of course, ladies and gentlemen, to check out all of our groups on Facebook, as always, uh, <clears throat> especially, like we said, our tribute groups to, of course, Don Rickles, Johnny Carson, and Who's Lines It Anyway, all of our wrestling tribute groups as well, where we have, of course, moments from all the all, all organizations from the past and present. We also, of course, have the Video Vault, ladies and gentlemen, where we have, obviously, the all other uh, wrestling promos and uh, matchups here as well. Of course, a lot of matchups on the video vault right now pertaining to involving, of course, superstars, everybody from Stone Cold Steve Austin to The Undertaker. And also, ladies and gentlemen, some matches, of course, to get everyone set for this coming for next weekend's Survivor Series. So be sure to definitely check that out as we have a lot of matches from the past, of course, take place there. Uh, take place, of course. <clears throat> excuse me. Take place, of course. Um, you know, we have different matches, of course, that took place throughout the years of the history of Survivor Series. So be sure to check all that out as well. Also, late, indeed, Sports Roundup, uh, Entertainment Cavalcade, uh, Game Show Alley, Location of Animation, WCWS Movie Channel. <clears throat> also, uh, let's see, uh, Motor Week Retro Review, Cars of the Past, of course, Power Rangers, Protecting the Power. Uh, um, women of WCW US for female wrestling fans who, of course, some, some have some great ladies wrestling action. So, definitely, of course, check all that out here, folks, here indeed. 
<clears throat> and also be sure to check out all of our past episodes here on TalkShoe.com of all of our shows. Of course, since 2000, since 2015, um, of course, like I said, all the shows from Revolution, The Wolfpack, from Raw Radio to Outside the Ropes, Wrestling Revisited, Wrestling Debate, Wrestling Profile, um, In the Outlook, of course, also uh, WWS This Morning, Wrestling Championship Challenge, and so many, and uh, Power Hour, um, Sports Machine. Check out all of our shows that we got going on in the regular network, folks. You'll definitely be, of course, 100% uh, pleased, thrilled, excited. You'll love to hear what you, what they have to say. And of course, I see you leave your own thoughts and comments. Even of course, if a lot of them, even if a lot of it, of course, is from the last few years, you definitely want to hear, of course, a lot of uh, camaraderie. Of course, that's that's the big part of the that's the big part of the whole action thing here as well. <clears throat> Two thirty-two, a Power Hour is a broadcast of the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. But we are, of course, five years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling and pop culture connection. Mr. WSWS, Chad Henshaw, saying thank you very much for listening here, folks. And also, as we take you out, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to play our opening theme here tonight, which is, of course, to the the uh, one of the older themes to, of course, the um, ABC, a longtime ABC News Magazine 2020. Uh, so take care and God bless you, folks. And as always, since 2015, you're a source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between. This is, of course, the WCWS Radio Network. Take care and God bless. We will see you on WCWS this morning, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Take care. WCWS Radio Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.